this is Ben Smith, I'm a photographer, and this is my podcast, A Small Voice, Conversations with Photographers. Thanks for listening. Hey people, Ben here. How you all doing? I hope everything's going okay. It's all going off out there, isn't it? Australia is basically on fire. I hope you're all safe in Australia. Uh, there's uh, volcanoes erupting in New Zealand. And, and we have a kind of political volcano erupting here in the UK, where we're about to have a general election. Uh, welcome along to my podcast, A Small Voice Conversations with Photographers. And America, of course, uh, we, we, need, we need say no more, really. You guys are... Whew. Welcome along to my podcast, A Small Voice Conversations with Photographers. This week on episode 119, that's 119 in English, I bring you a chat I had with Magnum nominee Lua Ribeira. As is customary, I will introduce Lua in a minute, but stay tuned for a couple of important bits of housekeeping. As you will know, unless you're literally listening for the first time, I build Squarespace websites for people, and I advertise that service on this podcast What I never really say is that what I'm offering is a kind of complete package, including design and build and copy editing and even editing and sequencing help with your images if you should want that. But anyway, I digress. It's taken me ages to realise that an alternative to me just making you a website that might be of interest to some of you is to offer small group workshops where in the course of a few hours I will teach you how to build your own website with Squarespace. So you will then have the knowledge and skills to go away and add, manage and maintain your own content forevermore. And this will not only equip you to do that, but it will obviously only cost a small percentage of the price of me doing it for you. And if you can't get to London, we could even do that remotely online as a one-to-one session. So if you are interested in this, please do let me know with a quick email to ben at bensmithphoto.com. Um, I will figure out the price, obviously. And as soon as I have five or six people signed up, we'll get in a room for half a day or a day here in London and you'll come out of there with a new website. Or alternatively, if you cannot get to London, uh, like I say, it's possible that we could do it remotely. So email me, ben at bensmithphoto.com and let me know if that's something you'd be interested in. Also, if you feel you get value from listening to this podcast and you'd really like me to carry on making it, you can sign up for a small recurring monthly subscription or make a larger occasional donation benjaminphoto.com slash a small voice. In the new year, there will be some changes to the way that subscriptions and donations are organized. I'm going to be exploring some monetization options, probably going to be going with a membership program of some description. So that those of you lovely people who do chip in or make periodic donations will be rewarded for doing so. And those of you who do not, the absolutely overwhelming majority of you, make any contribution will not have access to the same privileges. Now, having said that, as long as I can attract and retain a couple of sponsors per episode, such as the wonderful and Laurel Charcoal Book Club, then the podcast in its current form will remain free. But sponsors are not a given, unfortunately, and this prevalent notion that digital content should automatically be free of charge to the end user has been insidious, frankly, and I think it might be time for those of us working hard to produce said content to challenge that notion a little bit more robustly. I don't know, folks, I've been doing this podcast for over four years. I love doing it and I want to carry on doing it, but I have to now figure out seriously how to make it 
a modest revenue stream rather than just a labour of love. So watch this space for news on all that over the coming weeks. This episode is brought to you by the one remaining sponsor, the aforementioned Lovely Charcoal Book Club. Now, the submission deadline for the fourth annual Chica Hot Springs Portfolio Review and Publishing Prize has officially passed, but they have added a week-long extension for those of you who tend to do everything at the last second. So you can still submit your work for a chance to be one of 58 artists invited to spend the week in Montana with Alessandra Sanguinetti, Jim Goldberg, Vanessa Winship, Todd Heido, Awushka van der Molen, Raymond Meeks and 15 of the most respected publishers and organisations in contemporary photography. Attending artists receive formal portfolio reviews by speakers and reviewers, artists lectures, panel discussions, peer reviews and additional evening programming, a lot of which involves drinking and hanging out in hot springs over the seven day event. One grand prize winner will be awarded the Charcoal Publishing Prize and will be published and distributed worldwide by Charcoal Book Club. For more information and to apply, to still apply, visit chicoreview.com, C-H-I-C-O review.com. So Lou Ribiera was born in 1986 in the autonomous community of Galicia in the north of Spain. She received a BA Honours in Media Studies at the University of Vigo in 2009 and in 2010 she moved to Barcelona where she studied graphic design and as a result discovered an interest in photography. Adopting it as a vocation, Lua moved to the UK where in 2012 she enrolled on the documentary photography course at the University of South Wales. She graduated with honours in 2016 and just two years later, in 2018, Lua joined Magnum Photos as a nominee. Her practice, characterised by its collaborative nature, is a result of extensive research and an immersive approach to the subject matter. To quote from her bio on the Magnum website, Lua is interested in trespassing social barriers and breaking the structural separation in relation to particular communities. By exploring the perception of life generated outside the strictly socially acceptable, she aims to question the morals and values she grew up by. Lua is the recipient of the 2015 Firecracker Grant, the 2017 Magnum Graduate Photographers Award and the 2018 Jerwood Photo Works Award. Her series Noras is in the Blood about Jamaican dancehall culture in the UK was published in book form by Fishbar in 2017. The series was also published in the book Firecrackers, Female Photographers Now by Thames and Hudson. So I had a little trip down to Bristol recently in southwest England. I saw my old buddy, the illustrator and children's book author Yasmin Ismail. I dropped in on some old friends at the Martin Parr Foundation. I did a talk for the BA and MA photography students at the University of the West of England. And I got two chats in the can. One with the utterly lovely Amak Mahmoudian, whose new book was being launched at the Martin Parr Foundation. And the other with the equally lovely Lua. Amak's chat will be the first of 2020. The next episode on Christmas Day will be the 2019 Year in Review special. And before all that, here's the inimitable Lua Ribeira. It's nice to meet you. Um, welcome to the yeah. podcast. We're starting already. Yeah, I think so. I wanted to read this out, actually. I love this, this little quote off the Magnum website. I'm interested in nuns, thieves and gardens, in the rotting body, witchcraft, hotel receptions and heaven's gates, phantoms, funeral directors and gravity. I thought that was kind of cool. <laughs> I don't know yeah. where you got that from, but... No, from myself. Who wrote that? Did you, did you not write that? Yeah, myself. Oh, you did, okay. Yeah, that's say. what I'm interested in. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's actually what I'm interested yeah, in. Yeah, it's in the first person. That's why I figured. Yeah. I like that. So so 
on that note then what are you interested in at the moment then you were telling me that you you are shooting a little project in in uh, morocco yeah um, i'm shooting in the border uh, morocco with uh, spain so there's a little part there's a city morocco melija that is a spanish city so i'm working with the kids that try to cross to Europe, try to cross to Spain. And at the moment, Morocco, well, is a very corrupted country. They got nothing. They got no hospitals. They got no future, no opportunities. They're really trying to go to Europe. And in this case, because it's the neighbor country, they actually uh, can go by themselves from any part of Morocco, take a train, take a bus, and end up on the on the border and try to cross it. They risk their lives. They kids. It's really complicated. Mm. The idea of danger is completely different. And they live in really poor conditions. They're homeless in the street. They get some of them get addicted to drugs. It's a very complicated uh, space. Mm. And then when they cross to Melilla, Melilla happened to be a city that is part of Europe. It's a Spanish city. But they got very specific law because they work a bit of as an independent place. And so it's very reminiscent of the dictatorship in Spain and all the fascist sort of ideology. And so there's a very, you know, this racism against Moroccan people, Moros y Cristianos, Moroccan versus. So mm. it's a very interesting space. I'm starting. I'm still figuring out, but that's a bit the context. Okay. So when you say kids, what do you mean? You mean like teenagers? Yeah. So I mean from they can be from eleven until twenty five. Oh wow! So that some of them are street kids. Then, like the young ones are just you know like parentless, basically. Yeah. Or some of them, the parents live on on another place. You know, they live mm. usually in the in more south of Morocco. Mm. Yeah, but they end up. Uh, yeah. So they're like, yeah, not necessarily thinking it through exactly. They're just, they're just kind of harboring these fantasies of uh, escape to Europe, which you know you can, I guess you can hardly blame them for, especially if their life sucks. You know, there in Morocco. Yeah, there's basically no, uh, n- n- there's no idea of a possible future with, uh, you mm. know, it's like yeah. there's no future for them. Like that's how they feel. But if they get across to Spain. Then what are the consequences then? I assume they're just going to get scooped up and and put in some kind of centers. detention centre or something. Yeah, if they um, underage, they go to centres. But in three years, if you manage to get registered and blah, blah, you can get uh, the legal papers. In Spain, it's three years mm. to, to once you arrive to the country. But yeah, I I feel from people from Morocco is especially harsh because culturally there's a lot of um, sort of demonization of the Moroccan people yeah. and the background and blah blah blah. Like they not also they know in a position of asking for asylum. It's complicated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I suppose from their point of view, it's worth it. It's worth a try because what have you got to lose kind of thing, you know? Like how bad can it be if you manage... Well, you can lose your life trying to get there. But yeah, I mean, they once do a lot. You, right, right. Yeah, they die a lot yeah, of them. And yeah. in Morocco, actually, if they die in the Moroccan side, m- many times the police clean up without really... Yeah, there's no even, media involved, ugh. there's nothing involved. So, yeah. And in the, in the Spanish side, they also die quite often. Mm. Yeah. So how did you come by that story then because this this seems quite you know almost for you quite a conventional sort of photojournalistic story which is not 
the area yeah. that you've really been working in? Well, I always work in really the, in in topics that you can think about them on those terms. But then the work I'm producing is on completely different right. uh, perspective or right. different dynamics that I create. So, I'm, I'm yeah. If you look at the world, this is the context of the work, and there's always these sides, these two sides with my work. No, the mm. actual. Uh, photography tradition in relation to the topic that is one and then what i'm trying to do that is much more uncertain right right yeah, yeah. so you're not going to produce a very kind of conventional sort of uh, photojournalistic record of this of this situation as as we might all be able to imagine that you know anyone else would produce you're going to do it your own your own way kind of thing yeah i'm interested in in many things that are perhaps yeah i'm interested in spending time with them and I'm, i became really interested in the relationship they got with the food with how they cook how they survive how they how how mature they are how much i have to i i'm learning from them their idea of sacrifice of suffering or the relation they got with the medium around them no mm. and with their hands how they work things out so it's a very interesting looking for a timeless and more universal and perhaps more aesthetic or artistic perspective is uh, a very interesting place to mm. to absorb many things yeah. and to share and to just be there and yeah and what what kind of response do you get from them are they are they just like yeah we you know whatever we don't much give a shit about you or are they are they quite sort of curious about what you aim to do well uh, this is hard to explain because you know it's like me telling about what i you know that they you should ask one of them but yeah no that's we very get true. really close relationship like we get really close i i get i i Establish really visceral connections really quickly. Roots, I, I root really quick in the place, and um, I also go to places that I'm deeply interested in. So I think that somehow comes gets across the mm. people I spend time with, and we just like go. We we just became friends, like uh, with some in some with some people really yeah. quickly. And well, the ability to do that is a very important part of being a photographer i would probably suggest you know that like you say getting kind of close quick with people is that a skill two sides of it is very good and also you sort of forget about the pictures many times right yeah 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 (laughs) yeah you need enough distance where you remember yeah i never get the distance so yeah (laughs) yeah maybe by home i get the distance maybe so you think is this going to be um something that you're going to work on for you know, for the for the for the near future, or you know, what's the sort of plan in terms of the time frame and all that? So I've been there three times, and like a month every time, sort of. And I feel this last time I've been there, I'm starting to um, find the images, perhaps that I was sort of uh, I'm interested in. Perhaps I'm still waiting for the field to go back so it's really really hard to say but I became really really interested in the place like I I, I think I want to go back uh, many times yeah I don't mm. think it's going to finish soon right 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 I, I, I really well you just started in a way yeah and I, but because 
it's, it's a very interesting place and it's very intense and I establish a lot of relationships and people is moving to other cities and I follow and we are connected through Instagram, through WhatsApp. So it's many. So I really, it's the, half of me is still there. So I don't know how, mm-hmm. how this is going to... Well, how do you come up with these ideas, generally speaking? Is there some kind of method or pattern to it or is it very kind of everything you know happens in in a different way it happens in a different way it depends on the situation and also i haven't been working for that many years so in a way yeah it's there's not a pattern or anything but this time i was working back in galicia where i'm from and um there's a really slow rhythm in Galicia. It's a very rural place. And I felt like I needed something a little bit more um, um, intense. I don't know, yeah. with a different sort of rhythm because I, I was trying to produce work um, a bit faster because I'm in a moment of that I got a lot of energy and to produce work. Oh, you have? Yeah. Yeah. And... Um, I also believe that I can do any work anywhere. Like there's not that much. Like I just feel it's more like to have the discipline to choose something and and that you're interested in, just go for it. I feel I could choose many. I think the things that interest me, which are very related to the idea of the marginal, but the marginal sort of very widely kind of big concept, no? Like everything that goes I always explain it like everything that goes out of the how dominant culture establish what normality is so it's a very very big landscape there with many things and yeah. so anything that goes into those places I can work about so this was something that was happening in Spain I'm interested in work not too far from sort of home, understanding home, UK, also Spain, Galicia. Yeah. And it was something, yeah, something that I just sort of read in the news and went quickly and and, and thought this is You, you just, yeah, you just instinctively yeah. decided to go and check it out. Yeah. I'm just wondering if you're sort of, if you kind of push yourself quite hard on, on being, trying to be productive or just does it just come naturally at the moment because you're just very... You know, kind of in the in the kind of groove of it, and enthused by everything. Well, I'm since I finished the degree of photography, I've been given these like few opportunities that always carry deadlines with them, mm. and um, I think that is really interesting as well because it's like uh, it, it does push me mm. uh, to work. Well, there's also the small matter of the fact that you you become a nominee of Magnum yeah. Photos. Yeah, that means I got a deadline. A, a, a li- lesser known photo agency, which I imagine comes with its own uh, its own sort of pressures. But I, I will get to that. We'll get yeah, to that later. Yeah. I think we should talk a little uh, about it. Um, but I, I kind of think we should also do your, your little origin story, really, your kind of superhero origin story. So you're from Galicia. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Galicia, Galicia, I don't know how to pronounce it. Yeah, Galicia, it. you said Galicia it is the correct pronunciation. So give us a little, give us, explain Galicia, because Galicia is a particularly interesting yeah. part of Spain. Give us a quick uh, thumbnail sketch of what, what Galicia is all about. So Galicia is a very rural place in the north of Spain, uh, uh, very oppressed during the dictatorship. So, so my parents and blah, 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 they... 
uh, they live on a time not far from now that was like very related to oppression and oppress our language, culture, blah, blah. So uh, it's an interesting place. There is, uh, um, people say that we are really strange. <laughs> uh, I think we go um, our own a way to deal with our own history, which is b very different from how Basque people or people from Catalonia do. Right, yeah. So, because it's an aut autonomous region yeah, within Spain, yeah, basically. Yeah. So, you kind of got your own kind of characteristics and it's yeah. got its own, it, like you say, it's like, uh, it's like different the past Basque region or Catalonia or something. Yeah. You know, and so, yeah, it has its own characteristics. Um, so, what, what, what did your parents do then? So my uh, my dad uh, worked in an electric company, like he's an electrician, uh -huh. and he worked in a big company, and uh, basically I'm come from a village uh, that is, grows through an industry, like one industry. Um, now it's sort of a post-industrial place, mm. yeah? And my mom, uh, she used to work before I before I was born. But then after, she, she stopped working and she just basically raised me and my sister. Mm. And then, yeah, that's it. Now now it's more exciting times for them because, well, my dad is not working anymore and he makes toys and right. he makes his own stuff and they travel a lot. And, oh, nice. Yeah, so, yeah, they, yeah. So they're sort of enjoying their, well, retirement, I suppose. Yeah, 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 very much, I think, yeah. So kind of what was your upbringing like then? What kind of kid were you? Uh, well, did you like school? Were you arty? Were you uh, academic? You know what? Was so, the uh, I think I always say like I come from a place where there, there, we didn't have much stimulus around the idea of art or creativity or culture. Really, um, perhaps in my house was a little bit different, but in general. Uh, so you don't got the option to, for example, in my village, you, in my town, you couldn't study the arts bachelor or whatever. There's not those options. So in your imagination, when you grow up, there doesn't exist the possibility of becoming an artist or a photographer or something like that because there's no reference around you. Right. So I was a lot of like, I was a kid that played a lot in the street with many kids. There is this moment where this industry is really... Uh, on its best moment so they also because it's polluting a lot the area they also give you grants and stuff like that to do things people from my town not don't use that that much I feel but my parents always encourage me to sort of like travel and use them and go and learn English and go and do that and so I always been like a very adventurous yeah, teenager yeah. and kid and very ready to go and blah, blah. But until very late that I found step by step the possibility of arts and uh -huh. that very slowly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Did you speak the local language in your house then? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So you, there's Galician and there's Spanish and yeah. there's totally different. Yeah. So, like, how did you how did you get out then? What was your kind of route mm. to photography? When did you first start getting interested in that? So, I studied first. Uh, I went to uni and I studied um, how you call it here media media studies. I think you yeah, call media it here. studies probably yeah yeah. And the last year, uh, 
Well, then I traveled to Mexico to study one year there with one of these grants. And then I ended up in Barcelona with another of these grants, never really finding, just doing these things for the sake of traveling and yeah, yeah. knowing people and go out and just. Yeah. And then I discovered graphic design. I started to think like, okay, this is something interesting. Graphic design in Barcelona, I used to spend loads of time in the computer trying to figure out what that was. Always find a little bit frustrated to try and find the essence of what I was creating and destroying at the same time because you are the god of that little creation you're doing and you got too much under your control. And then the idea of functionality, the idea of a client, all these things uh, frustrate me. And the last year we had a subject that was photography and... I got really excited. Like it was something that was not important at all. Mm. And they asked us to translate um, a little uh, tale or something like that, like a little book, like a little story that we could choose into photography. And I chose one that it was a Cortázar story. Uh, well, the, the the thing is that we need... Uh, we, I end up going out to places where I shouldn't be photographing mm. and uh, like the police station or like the, how you call the the law building, I don't know. Like, courthouse? Yeah, the courthouse, places like that. And then also people in the street. Well, I end up discovering this idea of sort of adrenaline that came with photography mm. and doing the wrong thing a little bit. And well, like it was a, it was a, an excuse to be able to get into a bit of trouble kind of thing. Yes, exactly. Yeah. exactly. <laughs> and I think what I did there with my colleague in that time, I think what I did, it really is completely the root of what I'm still doing and is very connected to it, yeah. like completely. Hmm. Well, that's a really interesting routine. So did you start to seek out you know, other photographers, did you start to look at famous, you know, people's work and that kind of thing and, and develop your interest that way? Well, that, I remember in that that time, it, this, this teacher introduced us to, I don't know, uh, on the same day, I found out about Nan Golding, Robert Frank, Ansel Adams, right. all of them at the same time, seeing the chair and blah, and it was just like really like an injection of like, mm. whoa. And also the fact that I didn't research many photographers. It was more about going out and really go to, to these places and have um, a conflict or a moment of tension and and also a moment of discovery. Like um, uh, th this project had two sides. One side, it was very related to break uh, this idea of authority or doing the wrong thing. But the other side, it was also related to... Uh, people that were in more marginal situations in Barcelona and really go and ask and and really face your own prejudices all the time, like with the answers and stuff like, fuck yeah, mm -hmm. this is not... A so I realized that it was a very interesting learning process, very truthful, because I was learning by my own experience mm -hmm. and very quick. And it, and it was almost like, open a door that then is just like, I can't go back because this yeah. is almost my responsibility to keep learning this way. This is, this is a gift. Like this, I need to fucking, yeah. you know, it's hard, but I need to get out of the house and keep doing this. So did it feel like you'd really discovered your future in a way? 
Or what, is that romanticizing I, it? A no, bit? no, it's not. I did adopt it a, a year after or something like that. I did adopt it as a vocational. I thought yeah. this is a voca- this is vocational. Yeah. And it's, yeah. So it must have been exciting times then to be suddenly. It still is the same. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> Yeah, I can tell you're still enthused about it. Well, of course you should be, but, and you know, yeah, you've got so much good stuff going on. Um, so let's get on to, well, I don't know, we should talk about your, your process, really, because you've got a very particular working process, and I think it's really interesting, you know, to, to hear more about it. You, you do quite a lot of sketching. A lot. That's something that, that's part of it, I can see on your wall. Um, you... You know, you you look at other media like paintings and films, and you're kind of influenced by images from uh, other places. And you do a lot of visual research, um, whatever that is. Maybe you can kind of explain it. So maybe you could just talk a little bit more uh, yeah. about about your that process that we've outlined. Yeah, I think when I was studying photography, at some point, um, I started to discover the influence the other images that I was really interested in were having on my work. Also mixed with a frustration that uh, people were asking me a lot for the people in the images when actually I was trying to do something a little bit more universal, not about the specific person in the story. So since then, painting has figurative painting, I guess, has become like a Norison and I play under a little bit under that rule, like a like a mad person that doesn't want to accept that photography is read mm. differently. But I think photography is in very early times and I think perhaps later. I don't know. Oh you you mean it's quite a young a young medium? I think so, no? Yeah. <laughs> well you could argue that, yeah. Hundred and fifty years or something. Mm. It's uh, you know just started out. Yeah, so and and where did the sketching thing come from? Like, how does that play into so, the process? Um, I realized at some point when I was doing the the work with Jamaican women in, in Birmingham, I realized, or, or at least this is the story that I created for myself a little bit, but I did realize that I was doing little sketches on the side of my notes that now I, I show sometimes with the work that had the same energy at some of the pictures that were the pictures I was interested in. And then I thought, wow, but this is the same, and it's in a drawing, and it's the same energy, and it's the same energy I found in that painting there. And it's the same. So that's when I started to give them importance and to do more and just like let it, let it happen. At the moment, I'm doing less. I'm not... I'm, so the process is constantly changing because... Strangely, I feel like when we be- become conscious of how things work, then you, to repeat them, it's not real anymore. So you are transforming all the time the way you work and the way... Right. It's really yeah. strange. Yeah. No? I don't know. Well, so like how did... Like, let's talk about Noises in the Blood, which, mm. was, uh, which is the project that um, you made a book out of. It's a project about Jamaican dance hall music or people who are involved in that yeah. world shot mainly in Birmingham in yeah. c- central uh, England I guess my first question is were you interested in the music independently first of all and if so how the hell did you discover 
like Jamaican dancehall music because it's a very sort of particular cultural kind of yeah. a thing. Well, but it's a very big culture as well here in the UK. Right. So well, yeah, maybe I'm just old. I mean, you know, it's, <laughs> I mean, it's, yeah, I, I guess you, yeah, I mean, of course you could get in, interested in any type of music, but yeah, it's how like, did you? It's, I think it's, it's music that is very alive and that is, it's very fashionable at the moment and it was when I was doing the work. So, all this idea of, um, uh, I don't know, people like Brianna or people like that, they were producing music that uh, the root of it is in, in dancehall. So um, I started to listen to dancehall music and I became really interested on the lyrics. Well, first I, I, became re- I thought it was really good music and yeah. then I became interested in the lyrics. I became interested in why they were, what they were saying. I felt it was something... Could you understand? Because I, I can barely... Kind no, of, it's very, but my boyfriend I mean, right. does, and so yeah. he helped me a little Because obviously you're dealing with some very thick Jamaican accents, yeah. And, yeah. And, and, you know, frankly, it's very difficult to, to discern what they're actually singing, unless you're really tuned into that particular accent. Yeah, but also intuitively, and with the videos and with the energy, you can get a little bit that yeah, there's yeah. a different understanding of life or the world. It's a different culture, no? And um, first I became interested in that, and then... I also started to become interested in how Jamaican culture, being like an oppressed culture, mm. kept their sort of like uh, celebrations and their identity in a very, with a very strong sense of what they were doing, uh, even if it's completely misunderstood, like uh, in the context of, I don't know, the UK or Europe or whatever. Uh, and I, I think I... I I had some sort of admiration for that, for that integrity in keeping, you know, that sort of um, those spaces and those celebrations really close and yeah. quite hermetic yeah. from the outside. You know, yeah. And yeah, I think that was the first. And then slowly I discovered, uh, I focus more in the idea of femininity and a different understanding of femininity right. that really... Yeah, I was going to say. I mean, really, you've you've it, it's a project about women in a way, or it certainly focuses on on the women. I mean, yeah. I guess there are there, no doubt there are men in that culture as well. Um, <laughs> but it seems it feels like you you know you obviously didn't concern yourself with them. What was it that kind of drew you to those women? So I think I felt uh, closer to the well, not closer, but definitely in the dance floor parties women are more central to the whole thing mm. and the dance and the outfits and the sort of transformation they go through for the parties it was quite fascinated but uh yeah you start to photograph uh, in the parties didn't really uh, get the pictures i was looking for because this is interesting this was a process that i grow a lot as a photographer because i realized that to take the pictures of the thing itself, not necessarily communicate or represent the things I wanted to represent. I was uh, feeling that it was a very rooted culture with a very deep heritage and that the violence on it has its own reasons. The the sexuality, the understanding of sexuality has its own connection with a different understanding of femininity. And... Mm. I started to be 
really fascinated of how misunderstood he was. So the images I was making in the parties, they were talking a bit more about subculture or gangster or black culture. And that was really not what I was uh, experiencing. I was experiencing something uh, much more powerful and more related to the dance and the rhythm and, you know... uh, and related to these moments that happen in in every culture, I guess, that are very um, related to human condition and how we are. No? So I, I had to start to develop other strategies to be able to get images that yeah. connect to my vision that was yeah. not very clear. Well, because one of the things that you said, I'm going to quote you, always... Um, I always felt a little bit like I was creating a text or context for the work that was slightly false. And the images I was taking, uh, oh shit, I fucked that up. Um, the images I was taking were about something else. Does that make sense? Is that what you Yeah, that? I don't know if I say that, but yeah, definitely the images I was taking were more about my perspective. And, you know. Hmm. Because actually, I did I did go and check out some of this uh, music on YouTube, and it and it was I mean like the video I watched. I mean, first of all, we should we should say that you know, they, you know women are actually the ones who are writing and recording the the, the yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Some of the big names in that world. Yeah, women. And um and uh, there were only women in this video that I watched. There <laughs> were no blokes anywhere to be seen. Yeah. And there was a lot of butt shaking. That's the way, yeah. that's the main thing. But um, just to sort of give people a flavour of of it. But um, you know, h- how did you sort of set about making the work from the start then like did did you did you seek out particular individuals or, or or did you just sort of tell people you know what you were trying to do and hope that they kind of you know got got it somehow well i was i was really lost i i, I only knew i wasn't doing the the right thing like i was all the time experimenting and trying to get something interesting but i didn't really have a method or or a particular way of approaching people. It happened through the parties. And I, yeah. I in the parties, I started to know some people. I met uh, one girl at the very beginning and I thought, well, I, I sort of obviously thought, oh, well, it will be really interesting to photograph her uh, properly, I thought, mm. no? Like not here in this party with all these smoke and lights i would like to do something else and right. and she was a uh, half of um, model and uh, and she as a starting model and me as a starting photographer started to sort of play around right Not well i was really, going to say yeah. did they see it as a kind of collaboration some some of them uh yeah especially yeah some of them yeah like some of the one day is a dancer another day is a mother they also use their pictures for pictures I took for for their own stuff. Sure, and sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It happened quite organically, and also very different stories. Like the the common thing is the dancehall culture, but then there's many different people involved with very different interests, backgrounds, and uh, ideas of what photography can be. Like some of them might not really care at all, and others are really exciting about like. Uh, yeah. Me doing the project and actually yeah. right, right, yeah. I was going to say. I mean, di- um, what what kind of responses have you had? Did you have any kind of nice reactions or maybe not so? Uh, yeah, yeah. Th- there's always like you know, I get to mm, 
know quite well the people and then some some people really don't care much but other people they really engage with the project and actually next week I'm having a talk in London with uh, one of the uh, people I photograph the most like mm. a dancer from London called Dinah and it's really exciting because we're gonna talk together about it mm. and it, I, I'm looking forward to it so yeah it's completely it's well received in general yeah. it's like it's 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 not that important, is it? I mean, <laughs> yeah, it's like uh, if someone comes and makes a project and makes something, it's just a picture and it's like, yeah. and, uh, hopefully the the pictures transcend the, the the personal stories and build something else that is something I'm building and yeah. they're happy for me to do it. I don't know. And when it came to, to making the book, um, like... Did you have a very sort of strong idea of how you wanted to put that together, or did you did you have sort of help and and sort of in, input from from more experienced people? Because this was your first book. Yeah, I only uh, uh, published that publication, and uh, I don't fully feel like um, uh, like it's a book I I have done. It's more of a it's something we did in Fishbar uh, with Olivia and Philip, with Olivia Arthur and Philip Evelyn. Yeah, and both, both previously of this parish. Yeah, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and um, yeah, they, they at some point of the process before the show we. Um, we agreed that you know they always for for the shows in Fish, but they always create a publication. Mm. Oh right, yeah. As a sort I think of that's like, where I first um, saw it. Yeah, as a sort of like catalog, but also something else. Not something that that remains after the the show. Right. And so it happened very organically and and quite easily, and never was. Um, seeing as a photo book or as a book as such it was more something of a publication or mm. sort of a compilation of the pictures of the show too right, right. in fact the pro the project kept growing and i got now the last show i did of that project it got different images as well oh, okay yeah, so, yeah so you kept doing you kept shooting it yeah, uh, even yeah. though that had been published it was yeah, like an ongoing yeah. thing oh that's good because it feels like you know yeah you're not sort of treating it as some you know some sacred thing like you know which some people sort of seem to do with photo books uh or, or that it's i don't know i don't know there's this kind of weight to it and a seriousness it to, to yeah. it that it seems to me that quite often there isn't um but you were saying didn't mitch epstein get involved in some respect as some kind of mentoring oh. mentoring role how did that happen but that that was after that was after, yeah. That was after I got this Jergood photo. Oh, the Jergood photo yeah, prize, yeah, and yeah. that's when Mitch Epstein got involved as a, a mentor of this. Yeah, yeah. So I had a couple of sessions with him just online. It was really nice. What, what, what kind of comments did he make then? What was his input? Oh, he was really interesting because when he first saw my pictures before I created any work, he saw noises in the blood, and he. He spoke a lot about gravity and how I photograph oh, yeah. people in relation to gravity. And that is something that I took, I took from him. And I sort of, um, you know, sometimes through the, you get people that tell you a word that stays with you and you start to recognize it on your own work. And mm -hmm. it's really interesting. And, and he, he was really interested in the work. I think he, yeah. he liked it. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. Um, no, because if you, you know, if you have someone in that position, taking on that role you want them you know you obviously that's the sort of thing you want you know you don't want them to be in some way kind of disinterested or kind of 
yeah, not fully kind of engaged in it. But let me ask you a little bit about this sort of aesthetic that you have, because I, I don't know what, what, I mean, I don't know whether one would call it a sort of almost a snapshot aesthetic or whether that's terribly insulting, but no, how, no, no. how do you feel about, about it? Because cause you have gone for a sort of, and clearly this is a, a decision, this isn't sort of accidental, you have gone for a fairly sort of lo-fi aesthetic. Can you talk a little bit about that? So I think I'm not um, interested on, I'm interested in photography, but... I, it's almost like I always take the same perspective. There's always something happen in front of me, like in a little stage. So I think that comes from how, oh yeah, how I am uh, interested on, on, on what's happening in front as an action or as an expression or something. Not interested on the on taking an artificial angle or anything like right, that. Right, right, yeah. And feels like you know you're sort of, that isn't what's important to you basically. Yeah, what is important to me is uh, what's happening in front of me and and the sort of tension that is created there and until how far I can push myself, the relationship, how far I can push the person or, or what we're doing, or you know, mm-hmm. and it changes all the time. And but is yeah. that is that um. Do you think that's kind of almost like um, uh, on a project by project basis? Because some of your other projects, you've kind of, you know, you haven't really used that same aesthetic. You've you've moved away from it completely. It seems like. Did I? (laughs) Yeah. Well, it's not as kind of, it's definitely, some of the other stuff is definitely less kind of snapshotty. Yeah, I guess, I guess, uh, I want to think all keeps, um, same uh, sort of vision and I guess that vision is sort of like changing and growing and Mm. transforming but I'm never I never too concerned previous working of what I'm gonna do too much or I don't know I I don't know how to say it I'm not too concerned of planning i usually use always the same camera Mm. very poorly technically i'm not very good at that but i also think i understand my limitations and you know i i the maximum i could get is like a flash or no flash depending (laughs) if i need lie or not so it's not i i um, I don't think the work is that different from each other. I mm. think maybe it's the maybe light, not. the place, the yeah. circumstances. Yeah, I mean, may- maybe I'm really talking about the difference between stuff that you've shot in daylight and stuff that you've shot with flash. I mean, maybe that's yeah. maybe that's mainly yeah. the difference I'm looking at. But you know, yeah, I mean, like like there's the, that picture there with the with the legs and the kind of uh, stuff. Yeah. But then there's something there in the bottom of the frame on uh, in the corner, which you know clearly you're not really bothered about that being there. I love it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's just some extraneous shit. Um, but I love that really in a way because you know it's like I, what you know why not why why follow the rules kind of thing. I mean maybe you're being rebe- maybe you're rebellious. Yeah, I am rebellious. Are you? Okay. Yeah. okay. <laughs> so. Uh, so what 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 other projects? You've got a couple other projects on your website that I thought were interesting. You've got one called the Aristocrats, which yeah. is about a community in your home province. So maybe you can tell yeah. us a little bit about that. So um, Aristocrats is something I did, uh, and I'm still sort of working on. Mm. Uh, after finishing the degree, coming back home, and in the summers there is this. Um, Congregation of nuns that take care of a group of women with different disabilities. And I instinctively, again, 
was really interested on uh, sort of breaking that separation from the idea of disability and that's, that, that to break a little bit in that strangeness that I always felt since I was a kid seeing this group of women. And I think always my attitude is in photography is a little bit like going into the, the places I'm interested in and just like make really common sense questions that perhaps are sometimes not very right to do if you analyze them on the, I don't know. Like, I, I just wanted to take these women by the arm and say like, hello, what, yeah, yeah. what's going on? And sort of like, um, that's what takes me to the places. And then slowly I understand that that world is just a social structure barrier that is really easy to break. And then it became into something much more interesting, no? Mm -hmm. And with these women, I started, so I'm obviously not interested on disability as a medical problem. I always say this with this project, I'm interested in the social construction of the idea of disability. Yeah, this is mainly mental disability we're talking about. Yeah, is it? yeah. Not physical disability necessarily. Well, it's a mix of both. It's a mix it's, of both. Yeah, it's yeah. really, yeah. So I'm interested in the idea of these groups um, being the opposite of the idea of normality mm. and how much they needed for us to confirm our normality. So from there on, I started to spend a lot of time with them trying to photograph and... and and I'm still, well, full of questions about mm, it and, mm. and really enjoying the process with them, to working with them. Yeah. It seems like in the age-old way, you're really kind of interested in using the photography as an excuse to just be curious about the world and to sort of, you know, stick your <laughs> nose into yeah, to, uh, to, situations. To, to confirm that what I've been told is not true. Right, yeah. right. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good way of looking at it, actually, because so much of it is not true. Exactly. And we're encouraged <laughs> to believe that it is. And then what, the other one was uh, Subida al Cielo. Yes, Subida al Cielo, yeah. Uh, Cielo, which is Ascent to Heaven, right? Yeah, yeah. Are you interested in religion? I mean, w w was there much religion around you as you grew up? Well, your, your parents weren't interested in that particularly. No, not at all. No, not at all. they're very secular. No. Yeah. Because, I mean, obviously there's a lot of, you know, Spain's pretty... Yeah, yeah. There's, a Catholic, there's a Catholic... Yeah, I think we all... Yeah. thing going on. Yeah. Um, but what well, what's that project about though? Is it is it is it about religion? Well, that project is a very complicated. Uh, it got a quite complicated story right. behind. I was Tell it. yeah, I was trying to. Uh, so this happened when I've been given the Jared and Photoworks Award. Yeah, and I was really trying to question if I needed the reference on my pictures. Did I? Do I need the Jamaican woman? Do I need the group of disabled women? Do I need the reference? Or can I just create the images I am interested in with people I know and doesn't really matter who they are? Right. And I was exploring creating like quite compulsively these images. But slowly with the process, I realized that I was... Uh, because I was spending a lot of time in green spaces and parks and places like that, probably to give it all like um, sort of same background to the story. Mm, I realized that I was getting very inspired by people I was seeing in the parks in, in Bristol. And these people was, uh, uh, was in the summer, it was really hot. And they were people living in the streets. But because it was summer, it was really hot, wasn't that obvious. And they were 
uh, taking this substance called spice mm. that is like an epidemic drug now among uh, homeless population. Yeah, it's like a synthetic uh, cannabis or it's cannabinoid only, or something. But, yeah, but it went far from that since it became illegal and it's just something really yeah. hardcore for the body. Yeah. And so I was becoming really interested in the postures and the sort of falling bodies and 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 somehow subconsciously the images I was created, they were very inspired in this sort of violence uh, uh, that I was seeing uh, mm. in the streets. And so everything became really complicated. In very short period of time, I had to present a work and it was, meant, it was a not very good response for the people I was working with of this process. And I wasn't perhaps um, uh, mature enough or... or I was too honest about the whole process and you know at mm. the end we resolve it for for uh, for sort of like the deadline with this idea of mythology and religion and blah blah which is very related to but perhaps I I, I find out that I do need I need the reference I need mm, the mm. topic because photography I think is especially good to to deal with uh, with the world out there mm. no and and well, you'd be creating a hell of a challenge for yourself. It's almost like you're kind of tying one hand but behind your back, if you, which you know is perhaps you know what you want to do in in challenging yourself. But but yeah, to to try and do it without that, I mean, it's worth going going for it, I guess. But ultimately, a very yeah, I think it was thing. part of this growing and experimenting and yeah. really like ticking boxes, sort of like to keep seeing what I don't want to do and I'm doing. And yeah, yeah, yeah. part of the of process that is very erratic and very mysterious and very yeah. <laughs> well this project is slightly mysterious did you use uh, real people or, or, or did you sort of use models or did you get real people to sort of perform in a way because it seems quite performative some of it yeah I uh, part of it I did it with directly I started to work with the people in the streets mm. and all the part of it I um, did it with people that I already photographed for different projects or exercises at school or whatever that were people that were really um, good for me and for the and really understand what I want and and play this game I do in relation to uh, performing and photography because it is very performative. Like all all I think all my pictures got that element of something mm. performative, but not set up. It's yeah, yeah. more about a game that happens in front of the camera. Right, right, right. Mm. Yeah. So. Um so how's Magnum going then? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, it's going very well. Um, I like it. I I think it's a good, it's a really good opportunity. I feel mm. it's really interesting to have um, a structure sort of that helps you to work. And uh, I mean, are you finding that it, that it does help? I mean, are you finding that, that you are getting something sort of tangible out of it? Out yeah. of it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, it works like an agent, and mm. so you you get jobs from it, and that allows you to keep your practice. Okay. Uh, so you, so they're getting you work, which is very you know. Let's not underestimate the importance <laughs> of that, right? I mean. Yeah. 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 That's good. But on 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 a sort of on sort of on another level, like, are are you feeling sort of supported and nurtured, or or is it a bit more sort of every woman for herself kind of a thing, like? How does that? How does that work for you? Are there people there who are sort of taking you under their wing? So I, uh, in the way I work, I, 
until I'm started to feel a little bit, um, not sure, but a little bit connected with the images I'm producing until I'm in that stage. I'm very hermetic, so I don't actually search for any support. Oh, so you're quite self-contained then? Yeah, I, I, I'm quite protective because I'm in very vulnerable moments when I'm making the work. But then, of course, I do have a couple of mentors that I trust mm. and uh, and uh, um, had almost one of them had I had before uh, all this process started and. Mm, yeah, I think I'm learning and it's something important to know when to share and and who you trust and blah blah. Mm. And in in a maybe to answer your question, I, I do feel it's a very interesting uh place to be and there's a collective energy that that is there sometimes and we've been recently doing a project uh a big group of photographers together and and I thought it was fascinating and 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 mm. I'm really happy uh to be part of that project yeah. and it's something we're doing in Mexico and in the border in Mexico and that right. was yeah that was really interesting I'm, and yeah yeah because these kind of group projects that that, that they now do with you know that's a relatively recent thing I think they they never really did that before I think it's it's such an obvious thing for for magnum to do but yeah it's weird that, that no one ever really yeah i think because before the market was more um uh, kept you more busy yeah right. and i think now that we are yeah. interested in creating our own projects because, because no one <laughs> is gonna pay for that yeah, because there's so many underemployed photographers not yeah. even in magnum <laughs> even the magnum people are like yeah well what else am i gonna be doing exactly. let's be honest yeah <laughs> yeah no that's let's be real um <laughs> But I mean, I guess being associated with the—I mean, it's a hell of a brand, right? And you know, in 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 what is essentially quite a small world. So being associated with that brand, it's got it's got to be a, a good thing for you, in yeah, terms of, of how you're received by other people. Yeah, especially uh, before that, I know I, yeah, I really like the the yeah. You have a backup, you have a support, no? In yeah, and you're just like you know, you you've got a kudos which. You know, which you wouldn't otherwise have when when it comes to you. You know, you, like you say, your you know the business of trying to earn a living and all that thing. Is it important to you to do? Because you've done a bit of commercial stuff. I think you had a collaboration with who is the handbag the handbag designer you had? Yeah, had Carla Lopez. Yeah. Carla Lopez. Yeah. Are you? Is that important to you to you know not just to explore your own sort of you know it, personal work, but to to be a working pro, as it were? Apart from that, the very obvious fact that everyone has to pay yeah. their, pay their bills. But I mean, in terms of your sort of identity as a photographer, yeah, I do. I do find something like fashion or or editorial or something like that. I do find it as a as a very interesting field to play with ideas. Uh, that in your personal work take much longer or that you're not sure. So I'm really interested on it. But at the moment, I've been having the opportunity to really invest and be like devoted to my own work. So I'm not on a rush to find that sort of um, projects at the moment or that sort of works. Like um, I can do a couple of things for keep investing on my own work. But maybe in the future, when mm -hmm. I relax a little bit, at the moment... I'm really um, uh, taking the opportunity to really invest on my own work. Right, yeah. right. And this process of kind of, you know, getting, uh, you know, it's a slightly sort of cruel process of um, 
the, uh, the kind of three-stage membership <laughs> thing. I mean, does that feel like a lot of pressure or do you have a way of, of, of sort of, you know, ignoring all that and not letting it get to you? I think uh, it feels like a pressure, but at the same time, I think we all know when we're doing what we wanted to do and when we getting results and when we are not. And so I think I keep following. I always felt a lot of pressure, even when I was uh, presenting the work in uni or for other deadlines. This is a bit more. Yeah, well, you go a lot to lose there. Yeah, of course. Mm. Maybe subconsciously plays a bit harder than I imagine. I don't know, but. I've, I just feel it's another project that I, I'm trying to get right or, or, or that I keep working and developing the same thing. And uh, what it will be really painful with Magnum or with anything is to present something I don't feel is right or, mm. or doesn't. So that that's something that I might be a bit concerned. But I actually lately in the last couple of months, I feel I'm... I'm all the work I've been doing is getting slowly into into place a little little bit. Mm-hmm. I go through very long moments of feeling um, I'm not getting any results, and I'm yeah, I'm quite impatient. And mm. well, yeah, I I guess it just takes lots of energy, lots of time. Yeah, to to get to something that's that's it. <laughs> well, you can only ever really focus on the on the thing that's in front of you in it in a way, and just try and make that as good as you can, and then on to the next thing. But there's no foolproof way of staying, you know, of making sure you stay. I mean, there's plenty of great photographers, you know, who uh, didn't make it for one reason or another, and you yeah. know, there's no, you know, yeah, there's exactly. so many, there's so many reasons. I'm sure there's there's a ton of politics behind it all as well, no doubt, in in an institution like that. But also, by the way, tell us how you found out you got in. Where were you? What happened? Was, <laughs> was it a phone call? Uh, yeah, it was a phone call. Okay, tell, uh, tell me. I was, uh, I thought it was the day after that was happening, not that day. So oh, okay. I didn't expect that phone call. Oh, okay. You thought it was going to be 24 hours later. Yeah, yeah. Right. I thought it was happening the day after. And I was... Uh, I. What I was doing? I I was in Bromid. Bromid is like the shopping sort of area where I was photographing or, or trying to not photographing, but trying to find some people I was photographing in, with this Subidal Cielo project in, oh, yeah. in Bristol. Some people that hunt hunt around that area, and I just got the phone call, and it was like I don't know it uh, just really exciting, and mm. I just took a flight to Paris the day after and saw myself in that room full of people just like yeah <laughs> like if it was I don't know the Simpsons or something just like <laughs> so surreal right. and then I had a great time and yeah I got to meet lots of people very interesting people I got to meet Cristina Garcia Rodero oh, which wow. I always uh, felt really interested by and yeah you know like of course many more people and yeah, just really exciting. Like, but mm. but never. Yeah, felt right. It did. I fe- yeah, it felt right. <laughs> good. Felt good. Glad to hear it. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. This is really um, hard to talk about because it's like um, I don't know. No, well, of course it is. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, you got 
I'm talking here to you and then other people might be hearing from other places, other contexts. It's like, really, I don't know what to say. It's, uh, it's just a bit naive. It's just like obviously happy and <laughs> just like doing my own work and really happy and sometimes really unhappy. And, you know, it's like, yeah, I think it's the right, that's totally, totally <laughs> the right, the right way to, to think of it all. Now, what, advice would you give to your 20 year old self if you could um, go back and um, meet her well not go back and meet her but if you met her now oh I think uh, oh I got nothing to tell her I think really? she she re- yeah well you my- say you say um, don't worry you're going to end up in Magnum that's really what you <laughs> no, say no no not at all I wouldn't say that that'd be a mess then <laughs> yeah that would no. ruin, ruin everything it's really interesting I started when I started to study photography, I, I, my sister was studying documentary photography in South Wales. And she told me, come here, this is interesting, blah, blah. And I did, but I enrolled in the photo art course. So I never had uh, any... So your sister did the, did the documentary yeah, course? Bandias, in, yeah, yeah. Oh, ah, okay, okay. I always saw myself more in the territory of photo art, if you want, or... Well, not photo art, but... Uh, um, Never saw myself with the responsibility of documenting anything or info. Like I come very far from the idea of photojournalism, of documentary photography. But slowly, slowly, and and trying to understand the medium, I saw that connection with reality that photography has that is almost uh, stupid to not take because it's perfect medium for dealing with that. But... Um, yeah, of course, never thought about mm, an agency like Magnum as a reference to me. Like, it's, it's much later, later, later that I started to look yeah. at some of the people and, and looking at the work. And Yeah. But like, I mean, if, if you were giving advice to a young, a, a very sort of ambitious young photographer who may dream about one day ending up in Magnum, what would you say to them? That they got their own dream. Right, yeah. That's a good answer. Yeah, exactly. You've got to, yeah, do it your own way, right? Yeah, I think, I don't know, we are in, in a very f- interesting, crazy place. And uh, I think, I don't know, we are a little bit into, sometimes we might fall into these personal ambition stories that, of course, are normal and very related to our own life story and we want to do well and blah, blah, blah. But I think there's so much out there like to learn and realize and that those other things come as consequences and they don't need, there's no right or wrong. You can, there's, it's proof that there's many different artists with many different narratives in their life and Mm. there's no, you know, that's a matter. Yeah, I mean, in a way, it's a kind, it was a kind of a weird way to ask the question because because it sounded like I was asking about you know how to get into Magnum, but actually that wasn't the point. I guess I was asking about how do you get to the point where you're good enough to then you know apply to Magnum. In other words, how do you become a, a, a good photographer? Yeah. I suppose that's the more important question. Yeah, I guess you get to be a good photographer or good anything, but going deep enough into anything deep enough yeah. in the hole no like yeah. going a bit like um uh, there to do the to question things and to and to really uh question into yourself and mm. you know just to go deep enough in in your own questions and your own mm. and also being a bit rebellious i think yeah yeah 
Yeah, I think there's been a long tradition of rebellion in photography, I think. For, you know, saw lots of good rebels uh, in, in the past. So values in the sense of questioning and to uh, yeah. right yeah, yeah well yeah. in in all the, yeah in yeah. many different ways yeah. but yeah um, you know kind of mavericks and people who are not uh, interested in sort of towing the line but are more likely to sort of push against you know various various boundaries and that kind of thing. If you had to say what your yeah. main strengths were, yeah, and indeed what maybe what your main weaknesses were, what would those things be? I think my main strength is that I'm not a good photographer <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> in a weird way. Like, uh, uh, I, I think the problem with mediums is that they can trick you a little bit by the reference you have and the tradition behind them. Right. So I think if you are like, I think when I was trying to copy, I don't know, Vivian Sassen or something like that, if I did it really right, that'll be a problem. Right. But because I did it really wrong, I had to face what I was doing and I, well, I have to face my own work, you know, which is really painful, especially at the beginning. Mm. Well, it always is. But I think at the beginning when you're studying and you're trying to see what you're doing, um, it's just like uh, painful to look at the images that, that don't look like anything and, and, and you don't know what why is that no so i think it it takes a bit of courage to to face that uh, that you are not successful in copying who you want to copy mm. so to be a bad photographer is a, is a good strength and the weakness i'm really impatient and and sometimes i think i um that can be a big problem. Like um, to, it, it also brings me the frustration enough to keep going. But I'm really trying to learn uh, when to stop and trying to resolve something. I don't feel I have ever resolved anything, and I'm aware that it's a little bit of a fiction to resolve something and to be able to present it. Uh, but I think it's a fiction that requires maturity as well to f to f to f accept that this is the best you did and put it out there. And I also think it brings something to the work and let it settle. And, and but I think also that we are in a very rushing moment. Everybody's like, you know, we are under a lot of pressure. So yeah, I feel I'm starting. I do feel I'm starting. So I sort of put that as an um, excuse to say, like, don't worry, just keep producing and, yeah. and one day you'll understand. <laughs> well, what do you like the most about photography or about being a photographer? Well, I like the the, the fact that it has the, the two sides, the side where it requires you uh, to put yourself out there and the fact that you don't have the fully control of what's going to happen and uh, it has this sense of uh, well, I was talking at the beginning that adrenaline of like interacting uh, with the with the world uh, it allows you as many photographers always say not to go in places that you wouldn't go but I always say like it also allows you to come back home because yeah. I think before photography I also was going to these places but I found really hard to come back home <laughs> and then I really like that it has the 
other side of it that is more uh, related to visual art, plastic arts, visual arts, I don't know how you say it, and that is very lonely and that is related to your own uh, expression as an artist and that you are uh, building your own world. So it has this combination that for me I think is perfect, <laughs> good. Okay, well, thank you so much. Thank I think you. that's a good place to stop. It's been great fun and uh, lovely to meet you. Thank you, Lewis. I really thank appreciate you. you doing it. Thank Thanks you very so much. much. Thank you.